Hi guys. Hello. Welcome to Ed Arlene's Spirit Cast. If you're new to this podcast, we talk about all things related to mindfulness, magic, astrology, tarot, uh, spirituality, witchcraft, wizardry, Reiki, <laughs> <laughs> just everything like in that realm. Um, we're into it all, open to it all. Yeah. And we love to have guests who are like that. Today we have a really awesome guest who is a channeler. Yes. And I found him when I was listening to someone else's podcast, I believe, and I clicked on it because it said that he channeled Jesus, and I was intrigued. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, I, I was listening to and it's funny because when I started listening to it, I went in for like, um, I don't know, I just went into it because I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to I just thought it was interesting. And then he started talking, and I really liked what he was saying. Um, I thought it would be cool to have him on the podcast because he was just spreading this really, like, loving, uh, open, openness. And I also really wanted to have somebody on the podcast who could channel. (laughs) I feel like this is where you're, like, the molder to my scully with some stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this is one of those moments. Because when you told me about this after you listened to it, because you get excited about things sometimes. Mm -hmm. And when you said that, I listen to this podcast, this guy channels Jesus, we have to interview him. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, lose me with that. Yeah. There's no, like, come on. Are you serious? Yeah. Where, I need to look this guy up. So then I looked him up and he made me listen to some of his, some of his stuff, some of his YouTube videos and yeah, we got him on the podcast. Yeah. I am open to channeling. It's like, you know, Esther Hicks and like mm-hmm. Jerry and Esther, what Abraham. Yeah. Um, and like the Seth Speaks stuff. Yeah. I'm not going to let on it. I, early on, uh, a couple years ago, before I really took a deep dive into, um, this realm, I was not into channeling. I, I was kind of, um, it kind of scared me, I'm not gonna lie. It took me a minute to read the Abraham books. I remember Seth Speaks, I was, um, apprehensive. So, if you're not familiar with these books, the books are channeled Mm -hmm. from a higher energy. Uh, anyone who's listening and who doesn't know who Abraham Hicks is. And uh, initially, I was like, kind of like, I don't know, weirded me out. Weirds a lot of people out. But then I, so I don't know, I just, I gradually was like, thought it was cool. And um, I enjoy listening to people channel. Uh, I actually, when we met the one girl who could channel, uh, we've met a couple people who who channel angels and can see angels and other energies. And we met one in person and I remember I, like, fangirled, like, super hard because I, I found that I just really enjoyed hearing those messages. And I thought it was fun. So, yeah, we, we early on in the year, we said we wanted to get people on here who channeled. Yeah. And we have him. Uh, he's really, really cool. <laughs> we really enjoyed our conversation with him. It was a very magical experience. He can channel everything. Everything. Like... I mean, we've interacted with, with people who just choose to channel um, certain energies, mm-hmm. but he does uh, everything. He can do mediumship. Um, what are some of that? He uses, like, a board sometimes. Um, mediumship, animal communication, um, obviously, like, channeling, like, mm-hmm. the angels and higher energies, such as, like, Buddha, Jesus, so on and so forth. Um he, the, the board, I can't remember exactly what the name of the board he 
initially used, but we cover in the interview. Yeah, he ta- you asked him. I did ask him. It. Yeah, I asked him because it's just so intriguing to me. Because we like like you just said like we've interviewed a lot of people who channel, but they usually only channel or only do like like one like a mediumship. Like they mm-hmm. only do mediumship, or they only channel the archangels, yeah. or they only channel like you know one type of higher like 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 one type of higher energy like a collective like a collective yeah. there's not it's not all these different like groups mm-hmm. of thi- you know all these different things and it's not like Barry who we're talking we're going to we do the intro for soon has been doing this forever this is something like that is new a newer ability that has come into his existence in the past couple years yeah you know, some people that we've interviewed, which the next lady um, coming up after him, is, yeah, we'll post soon eventually. <laughs> I got tongue tied. Okay. Tongue tied. Okay, so unlike most people who channel or are connected to higher energies, he did not do this his whole life. You know, some people will say they had a near death experience and then they were connected to God or source energy and then were able to communicate with their guides, and then that's how it got started. But this is different. Yeah, his story is really cool. Um, I mean, I f- just like with all of our guests, I feel like we just scratched the surface speaking with him. Um, we're definitely going to have him back on. Yeah. I really, this, this conversation, like, we are very grateful to have had all the past guests that we've had and mm-hmm. the future guests that we're going to have. Like, we've had such amazing informative guests on our show and this is one of them and this is one of the this i i'm like getting tongue-tied now again like well, this interview was yeah. just so moving like for me as a person like i was not going i was going into this as a full skeptic like didn't know what the heck i was going to get myself into and i came out of it like completely shaken by just the energy of it all mm-hmm. and the messages that he was putting forth like completely yeah, we were like crying, but like, okay, so I'll tell you guys a story um, about how this interview went. So we um, get on, you know, get online to talk to him um, because we didn't do this one in person. And uh, right out the gate, he says something along the lines of, hello, ladies. And he said, I'm here with Archangel Raphael. Now, he had no idea that in... I didn't know that Arlene had did this meditation prior to the interview, and she didn't know I did, but we both did Archangel Raphael meditations earlier that day, and, um, but we didn't communicate that with each other, and we didn't communicate that with Barry. He just showed up to the interview with Archangel Raphael, and then he said Archangel Raphael told him we asked for him. So right out the gate, we were just, like, speechless. Mm -hmm. And he did that throughout the whole interview. So we don't have that segment. We weren't recording whenever that happened. And there were other things that happened like that that um, we weren't recording for. But it's recorded, some of it. <laughs> some of the stuff yeah. is, but some of the stuff is personal. We can't share oh, it. Oh, it was public. amazing. But, but it was that alone, like, that just, just right out the gate, like, mm-hmm. had me, like, shaken. I was done. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is how it's going to go. Like, all right, I'm open, UK. You know, I feel like the universe is like, you want proof that this is real? Here you go, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, I've never, ha- I mean, that was, I can't even, like, I can't even explain that. Like, who? To this day, like, we, we, this, we, we pre-record a lot of our interviews because, you know, that's life. We do a lot. Mm-hmm. And 
this is as to this day like i'm still feeling that like just talking about it, it makes me feel that energy like come through again mm, i'm like get, like flustered i get flustered and like tongue-tied because i'm like so moved by the whole experience still mm-hmm. like even that like that just was just a magical week period like talking to ernesto was amazing mm-hmm. talking to karen who we're gonna have episode come out after this um was amazing as well just everybody and everybody so um okay so i will do a quick introduction to who we're interviewing since we're hyping him up uh going yeah and going is open-minded yeah i mean i'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast you're pretty open-minded um and we firmly uh believe in that yes (laughs) um when open everything we live in a strange world and you know everybody's belief systems are valid and x y and z whatever just open-minded anyway so his name is barry strom and he does everything with his wife connie yes uh she wasn't in the interview no she sounds pretty amazing as well Mm -hmm. they're like a team and as arlene had said he was not like a witchy like mystic like or a person that was into that stuff, like channeling or anything like that. He had gotten into it after his, like, career, you know, like, later in life. And um, he's actually authored, like, six books based on his spiritual communication. And as his abilities increased, he um, became able to read messages from, um, as he said, the holiest of spirits, which is, guess guys, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and he has Buddha as well he has like so many it's like oh gosh like every oh my goodness but anyways he um in his earlier books he tells the realities of the afterlife and of communicating with historical figures like uh president kennedy george Patton, george custard butch cassidy just you know just name a few all the archangels (laughs) pretty much like the disciples um just all of them and uh this book and his newest book it incorporates channel information from Jesus, his mother, and his disciples, mm-hmm. which is really fun. And I actually want to read all of his books. Yes. Um, he gets into, like, galactic spirituality, too. Um, yeah, I think he has a, a couple books about that, too. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's very interesting. Like, I like I said earlier, like, we've never interviewed somebody that has done all this, and then mm-hmm. especially in such a condensed period of time. Yeah. Like, that, that, to me, is, like, as authors ourselves, like, it's hard. Mm-hmm sometimes to get the juices flowing to get books out mm-hmm. or just to get writing done and to do this stuff like this like that has to be divine intervention yeah i don't care what the heck you believe yeah he's really cool uh it was really cool really enjoyable interview and yeah thank I'll you more. thank yeah. you barry thank you connie and we will definitely be having barry back on here yeah 100 percent if he wants to. If he wants to, <laughs> probably five times, put it out there in the universe. Just keep asking over keep and over. Barry, please, please, do you have anything you would like to share? <laughs> yeah. Share with the community. Any messages? The story behind the protection prayer is this. When we first started board channeling, the guides came through to us and they said, first of all, never ever invite evil in what you do. And then the guides themselves gave us this prayer. And we always repeat it before we do any radio shows or any instance where we're going to open a channel to the other side. And the prayer that the spirit gave us, that the spirit guides gave us is as follows. 
God, please grant us your wisdom and protection. Grant us the knowledge that we can handle and keep us safe from all things that will harm us. Keep the messages positive and pure love. Keep us safe from our own ego. We ask these things in the light of the seen, the unseen, and the honesty of God. And that's how we start every session. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. So our first question is, how did you start channeling? Like, when did you know that this was something that you could do? Well, it was, a. first of all, I didn't even believe in ghosts until I was about 60 years old. So there's this whole big chain of events takes place to convince us about ghosts and what's going on around us. And we are introduced to channeling by friends out in Salt Lake City. And we met these people. Um, my wife became good friends with them. And they told us, uh, you know, that they, their mother had been a, a medium and that they had been board channeling for 40 years out in Salt Lake. And they invited me to come to one of their sessions. So I, they were in downtown Salt Lake, and I walk in, and I sit down at the room with a table, and they're sitting on each side of this of this board, and it, it's different, and it's definitely not a Ouija. It's, it's circular, has letters and numbers in a circle, and it has a glass top. And they were actually using a shot glass on top as a planchette for it. So we sit down, and they start. And the first message that they get on the board is, hello, Barry, we were waiting for you. Oh, wow. Wow. And, and then they proceed to tell me everything that I was doing back in Pennsylvania. And I'm, I'm just blown away with this thing. I mean, I'm, it's unbelievable, the information that's coming off of this channeling board. So having seen it, I, I became, I was hooked. I needed to learn to do this. So my friends out there started to teach us how to make, how to, how to use a board. I made one uh, and we started working on it. And in the beginning, I would have to work with somebody that had much stronger psychic energy than I did. But eventually Connie and I developed the ability to get messages on this channeling board. So I've probably done it for four or 500 hours at least that we've used this board. And we've done it with no problem because we're very, very well protected. Okay. Well, as we're, as we're progressing, all of a sudden I, I start to realize that when my, we're hitting the first letter of a word, I'm hearing the word in my head. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe I don't need to do the board. So we asked the guides and they said, yes, you need to do this mentally. You do not need the board any longer. So I, I, I the next time we wanted to talk to spirit, I just started speaking their words. And I open my mouth and their words come out. Oh, and wow. so for the last two years, that's basically what we've been doing. Uh, just like the little example I gave you before we came online, I was just simply speaking the words of the spirit. Wow. So when the messages come through, is it just like an, an inner knowing or do you hear? It is just automatic. Just mm. automatic. I, I'll, I'll ask the questions and I just simply start speaking words and it's their words. And things come out of my mouth that I have no knowledge of. Uh, I mean, we do, we've done some amazing things with our channeling. And it's just, uh, I've learned to recognize different energies when they come through for us. In the beginning, we did have some spirits come through and, and give us bad information, say they were, they were somebody they weren't. But uh, now that we've become much more adept at it, 
I can tell by the energies, you know, who I'm speaking to. In a lot of instances, I can generally see the spirit. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> no, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. I, I instantly thought in my head, like, did you have any um, near-death experiences before you were able to start doing this? or No. Just, no. no. I mean, oh. I've, had, I've, I've had quad bypass and all that kind of stuff. But no, yeah. I, have never, I can never say that I had a near-death experience. Okay. Uh, when I had the bypass, I was actually kind of looking forward to it, but it never happened. So who was the first energy you channeled? Well, actually, some of the first energies that we started with were family members. Family. Oh, wow. That yeah. had to be really moving. My, yeah, my dad, my mother, they would come through for us, and we would speak to them. <clears throat> then we realized we could speak with animals. So some of the earlier stuff we did was channeling animals, too. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and so you have a new book, Spirit Speak Channeling the Life of Jesus. So you're now channeling Jesus. That's correct. And how, like, how did that happen? Like, how did you know it was Jesus, for one? I yeah, right off the gate. Yeah, right off the gate. I'm, I'm sure you just, like, had this feeling like you were new, but I'm curious to hear, you know, what well, happened. Well, it was this amazing energy that came through. We, we started, before we channeled Jesus himself, we'd actually channeled Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, when when she came into us the first time, I mean, her, the, that energy that she has. I mean, Connie and I, we just had tears coming down our face when she's with us. And she gave us messages and filled us in on some information. And uh, uh, like the second time she ever came through, we we were sitting in our apartment and we had the channeling board on our dining room table, and our one cat, our male cat called Leo, he was sitting on the on the counter in a box and he was watching this and while while i'm channeling mary i can just see these two little eyes and ears looking over the top of the box watching what's going on and we finish with mary and leo stands up and i said okay leo what do you have to say and his message was i don't believe i just saw mary oh my god wow (laughs) think about that goodness that that cat's soul knew recognized mother mary when she when he saw her the cat did yes absolutely wow that's so interesting it is interesting because it makes me think of um like reincarnation and so on and so forth this cat that we've had has been with my wife in two prior lives oh we had a tonkinese about 15 years ago uh and we had to put it to sleep and its name was bodacious and we actually started talking to bodhi when he was on the other side about five years ago and i tried to talk him into coming back to us because he was a wonderful cat so finally he says i will return to you in 13 months but i'm going to be a black kit and i will find you within one week of when he said a black kitten finds us oh my gosh and this cat has got the exact characteristics that it had in its prior life when it was a tonkinese i mean it's my wife's cat the cat cuddles with her the same way. I mean, they're just as close as they were in that prior life. So I'll take you a step further in this story. My wife said, you know, I wonder if this, if he was ever with us before he was a Tonkinese cat. So we had the channeling board. And she says, Bodie, were you ever with us before you were, you know, before you came to us as a cat? And on the channeling board, it spells out the word starlight, S-T-A-R-L-I-G-H-T. 
and Starlight was the name of her pony when she was a kid. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. It's like this whole episode is going to be a show. You, this is amazing. I can't stress that enough. This is amazing. And I'm, I'm a hundred percent. I've been a believer, but I'm a hundred percent full beyond believer of all this. And it just, yeah. Oh goodness. Well, well, Leo, my Leo, Bodhi wouldn't come back. Uh, I mean, it's amazing how she would, they would, the cats were born in Baltimore about a hundred miles away from us. And there's this long story about how how we're we're led to them. But Mm. The first time we went down to pick Bodie up, the black one, she wouldn't come with us. So we're coming up in the car and we get, and both of us say at the same time, there was an orange cat there that she wants to bring along for company. So we go back down. Within five minutes, we pick the two cats up and back. Well, then we find out that this orange cat was actually my daughter's dog in prior life. Mm. And, And it was a golden retriever in that life. And she came, he comes back as a tabby cat, a golden cat. So both of our, both of the cats that we have now are both members of our animal soul family. Oh, I never thought about animals being a part of your soul family before. I never oh, thought. They follow you, follow you through multiple lives and reincarnations. Oh my goodness. Because I, I, I mean, recently, or probably about a year ago, it's been a year, yeah. um, I was like, I was at FedEx, like the main hub where the trucks and stuff were and this little like black cat just kind of like came up to me and like sat on my lap and mm-hmm. you know took him home and uh he's been absorbed into the family and it it was just like he knew I don't know he just came up and sat on my lap so it's making me like my brain go like maybe he was a part of our family and he found us oh exactly no that was not an accident he was he was a member of uh he was with you earlier in your life when you were a kid, uh, did you have a dog, small dog, when you were a kid? My grandmother had a dog um, named Pepper. It was a little black dog. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you beat me to it. I was going to say, did you have a black dog when you were a kid? Well, that little cat is Pepper reincarnated. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. because whenever um, I, was, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother when I was little she lived down the street from me and um you know she babysat me when i was little and she had a little black dog named pepper oh my gosh salvador yeah (laughs) (laughs) i beat you to it sorry (laughs) oh wow wow oh i can't wait to tell our mom (laughs) she's gonna be like oh pepper (laughs) well because salvador has little pepper like gray hairs in his fur there's your giveaway there's your giveaway Think for that obvious, and you just write him off. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. Period. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> back on topic. Back on topic. <laughs> Let's get back to the book. Yes, okay. back to the book. Do you want to tell our listeners about your new book? Well, what what the book does, and I mean, we're going to probably irritate an awful lot of your listeners, but there's a lot of things that are in the Gospels that have been changed by man through time. Uh, I mean, Constantine in 325 AD begins the selection. And we actually, uh, I'll digress just a second here. We, I have a YouTube channel where we channel with famous spirits, and we actually interviewed the soul that was Constantine. Mm. And I have that video up on my YouTube channel. But he told us what went into the selection of the Gospels. 
Well, after they're selected, man makes many, many changes into them. And for instance, during the first, the Gospels really don't speak at any length at all about the first 28 years in the life of Christ. Talk a little bit about, you know, his birth. They have a little incident that supposedly happened when he was 12 years old. And the next thing you know, he's 31, or he's 28 years old, and he's beginning to his ministries. So Jesus lived a life during that time, but nobody knows what it was. So when he came to us, he told me that he wanted his story told, the true story of his life. So we, we start and we devote chapters to the different portions of his life. Uh, to his birth, for instance, a fair amount of the, what's in the Gospels is correct on his birth. But the most interesting thing is about the, the wise men that come to him. You know, we're used to seeing three wise men come up to the manger and, and all that. Well, the wise men don't actually show up until he's about three months old because they had to come from Persia. And there was not just three. There was like 50 of them in their party because they had security. They had to go see Herod first to check in and get permission. Then they go see the baby Jesus. And by the time they show up, Jesus is like three months old, which makes a lot of sense if you stop and think about it. Yeah, absolutely. So they bring gifts, and they bring gifts of frankincense, gold, and myrrh, and they, they do do that. Well, as it turns out, Mary and Joseph use those gifts to pay for their trip to Egypt and to pay for their living expenses while they're in Egypt because they had to flee Herod. So that was all part of God's plan, where they bring the gifts the gifts give them the cash they need to travel to Egypt and to live where they stay until Herod's gone and they feel it's safe to come back to Judea. So the, this, the story of the birth of Jesus becomes so more believable when you break away some of the, you know, all the, the background things that, that you read in the Gospels. So during Jesus's life, when he's 15 years old, he travels but he stays in the Mediterranean area. I mean, there's rumors out that he goes to China, that he goes to Great Britain. That's all false. He travels for a couple years into the, you know, in the general area of Judea, goes to Egypt, uh, along the Mediterranean coast, but he doesn't really go, you know, the massive travels that some rumors have him doing. He returns home, he's 17, 18 years old. He meets this woman, falls in love, and gets married. And his wife's name is Toba, T-O-B-A. And they live together. They are married for seven years. And during that seven years, they actually have five children. And in my book, I tell you, we actually get into the lives of the children of Jesus. They tell, he, he tells us what they did, how many children they have. So there is an actual direct line of individuals from Jesus when he walked the earth. Like in mod like modern day. Yes, yes, there's still descendants. I mean, there are many, many, many uh, generations removed after 2,000 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there are people out there that actually would have, have been, that are descendants of the children of Jesus. Oh my, wow. And, but I mean, in my book, I named, the t they, they tell me the story of the children, uh, what their married life was back, was like, uh, they're friends with John the Baptist. Uh, we do we channel with John, and he tells us about how uh, his ministry is launched. And then we go through and we tell the story of his ministry. It's the truth of it. Uh, 
He gives a lot of details, talks about the Beatitudes, what he really taught. And Jesus, when he was alive, taught a very, very simple message of love. He never spoke in parables. You know, the, the Bible is one of the most difficult books to comprehend. People have huge differences of understanding just in what's written in, in the Gospels. When Jesus actually teaches, he is talking to the uneducated and the poor. If he would have spoken in parables or in difficult language, they would have thrown rocks at him, and he would have been forgotten. So he teaches this simple message of love, uh, of the love of God in your heart, show love to others, and others will show love to you. Very, very simple message, message that he teaches. Uh, he tells us about some of the miracles that he does. He does raise Lazarus from the grave, but he also raised two others from the grave that the Gospels don't include. Mm. So he's... In my book, he tells us exactly what takes place during his ministry. And then he tells us about, we have a chapter dedicated to his death. Well, as it turns out, a lot that's written about his death is not accurate. The two Marys are present at his death, his mother Mary and Mary Magdalene. All of the male disciples are afraid that the Romans are going to kill him, going to kill them as well if they show up. So the disciples are basically in hiding. And they figured only the women would have been safe to go to the crucifixion. They tell, he tells us that the soldiers actually knew that he was special. And they were not cruel to him. They followed their orders like they were supposed to. But they didn't give him vinegar to drink. They didn't gamble over his clothing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That he dies on the cross and he dies silently with dignity. Uh, because the, of, what the, of how the soldiers felt towards him, they actually bring his body off the cross. Now, it was a custom in those days that the bodies would have been allowed to rot on the cross. But they bring his body off, give it to Joseph of Arimathea, and they, and they take it, and he is buried in the cave that's owned by Joseph of Arimathea. And then he tells us about the resurrection, uh, tells us about his conversation with Mary, who is the first person, Mary Magdalene, is the first person he appears to. Uh, talks about his conversation appearing to St. Peter, and basically tells us what he tells the disciples when he appears to them as well. Uh, the first person that he actually appears to after his death is his wife, Toba. Mm. Now, nobody knows about his married life, and there's a very good reason for it. Jesus feared that if the Romans ever found out that he was married, that they would kill his wife and children as well. So his married life is the best-kept secret out there. He only ever tells Peter that he was married. That is the only disciple that ever knew of his marriage. And Peter was sworn to silence over it. So that's the simple reason why nobody ever uh, ever knew he was married. Wow. So it makes complete sense. The, yeah. life, the life that we tell in this book is a completely believable story of our Lord. I mean, he, they, he says, like when he was crucified. The sky doesn't turn black, the dead don't rise from the grave, and there aren't earthquakes. He simply dies with dignity on the cross. So a lot of the stuff that is so difficult to believe in the Gospels is because it's difficult to believe, Mm -hmm. because because it didn't happen. And in my book, I tell the story of what actually does take place in his life. Now, he wants me to write three volumes concerning this. I have another book ready to go, and it's about the messages. He has messages concerning current, what's going on and a bunch of things. 
But in that book, we start with a channeling section. The first chapter is a channeling session with Moses. So we channel Moses. Okay. We channel John the Baptist. We, we have chapters devoted to many of the disciples. Uh, we have a big chapter simply with his messages. And then we have a chapter with Mother Teresa and a chapter, we finish up with a chapter with Billy Graham. And there is a reason why we finish up with Billy Graham. Jesus uh. has five children. His oldest child was named Elijah. So we are doing a live radio show a couple of years ago. And we were taking call-ins from around the country. And it was about three months after Billy Graham had died. So the caller says, do you think you could channel Billy Graham? I said, well, we'll certainly try. I asked for him, and all of a sudden I hear, how can I help you? So we have the channeling board there. So I say, would you mind, you have to prove to me that, you really, that we really have the spirit of Billy Graham. And on the channeling board, he writes out the name Elijah, meaning that he, is, he was the reincarnated child of Jesus. Wow. wow. And, oh we do, and we found this out on live radio with video. <laughs> it was wild. My gosh. Oh. Yeah, we're, we're, Connie and I are sitting there because we're the only two people in the world that know the name of the first of the oldest child of Jesus. And oh. he spells this thing out. We're sitting there stuttering and looking at each other. Don't know what to say next. But yeah, it was, uh, it was Billy Graham. So that's why we included his chapter at the, as the last one in the, in the next book. Oh, wow. So we know one of Jesus's, like, one well, of his yeah. names. Well, bear in mind, it's his, the reincarnated soul. Okay, that's, the that's soul. That's not, not bloodline. Okay, okay. His soul was, was the oldest child of Jesus in that lifetime. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I can't mm -hmm. believe it's on live, like, <laughs> like <laughs> uh, yeah, live. Uh, okay, so since we're on reincarnation, can we talk about that? Sure. What does Jesus say about, has, what has he told you about reincarnation? When Jesus taught of everlasting life, he taught of the everlasting life of the soul through reincarnation. That okay. is what he taught. He did not talk of directly to the people of reincarnation, but he did talk to the, to the disciples and his close followers of reincarnation because it was a very, very difficult concept for the ancients to understand. Just the same as the story of Adam and Eve is, uh, for the first man was the only way that they could understand it. So that's why Adam and Eve are in the Gospels. But that's not how man was created. Mm. So much of what he spoke had to be tailored to what the people would believe. Okay. Yeah, reincarnation. Your soul has basically been around since creation. Your soul energy. Your soul energy is, has been here, has been around long before man walks the earth. Humanoids have only been here for like 250,000 years. Universe is 13 billion years old. So your soul energies were around long before man walks the earth. Uh, now okay. you can guess where your souls were, or I can fill that in for you as well. Fill it in, fill it in, fill yeah. it in. I was going to ask you, where were we? Uh, I've, you know, I've written two books on aliens. Yeah, this is your, sorry, we didn't mention, this is your sixth book that you've yes. written. Yeah, yes. the Jesus book is my sixth. So I've yes. written two books about aliens, and that is based on us channeling with the spirit of a, with a soul that was an alien in its last life. 
Uh, you ask yourself, why can I do that? Because aliens have the soul, same soul energy that humans have. So, where was your soul long before humans walked the Earth? They were on the other intelligent planets, living lifetimes, and God and serving God, hopefully on those in those lifetimes in those other planets. Because our God is the God of our galaxy. And there is an immense amount of alien life out there. I have seen a real alien, and my wife has been abducted by them. So we can assure you that what we're telling you in the reality is that they do exist. They're around us, and they are here in many ways that you cannot conceive of. You know, are you familiar with like the star seed um, idea about how a lot of souls have um, come here to help lift, uh, I guess, the vibration of the planet? So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Have you gotten any information about the ascension? Yeah. Well, all of the, I mean, all right, let me back up a second. Okay. There's seven realms in heaven. There's no hell with a guy with a red suit and fire. But there is a lower level where they send the bad guys. So there is something similar, but not what, what you think of. The concept of fire and brimstone was brought, was brought up by the church so that people feared. If they didn't fear what would happen to their souls, they wouldn't rely on the organized religions. So that's how that whole concept comes about. Jesus never taught of, of the concept of hell. He spoke that if people lived a good life, they would join him in heaven. But the whole idea of reincarnation is the soul returns and has to learn lessons. And it takes many, many lessons for the soul to advance in the realms of heaven. To reach this, Jesus is in the seven, uh, God is in the seventh realm, as are those closest to him. He has a soul family that has served him for million and li- millions of lifetimes on many of the other planets. That is how they have obtained the seventh level, is by serving those lifetimes for the millions and billions of years. And by serving him, certain soul, he has a soul family that has advanced. When he decided that he, Jesus was God incarnate. So when he decides it was time that he had to come back because paganism was ta- had taken over the, wor- the, the world at that time. And he had sent back servants before, Moses and all the, you know, the Israelites and all that stuff. But he felt that it was time that he had to come back himself to speak the words of the one God. And that's what he did. But when he comes back, he brings members of his soul family with him. Mother Mary was a member of his soul family. She'd been with him many lifetimes. Joseph, John the Baptist. I mean, all of the souls that come back to assist him are members of his soul family. And this was all part of God's plan. And that's how everything comes about. But it's because those souls had served him millions of prior lifetimes on the other intelligent planets in our galaxy. That'll make you think a little bit, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, like, years are going. Oh, my goodness. My gears are going. I... I've lost all train of thought of the questions I was going to ask. Um, <laughs> so my mind's just going like, are, are the universe is way more complex than we can even like fathom, fathom understand, or even dream of. Yes. And you have to live on these other planets because there are emotions you've never felt. 
there are languages you've never heard of. There are beings that you can't conceive of. Every planet is different. Humans are a unique species, but we are a very, very young culture. They tell us that extraterrestrials have visited our planet since the time of the dinosaurs over 70 million years ago. Wow. So these, these cultures are incredibly advanced. They worship the same God we do, and many of them have totally learned the lesson of love that God teaches. Because with their advanced technologies, they could wipe out entire planets if they wanted to. But they have learned that the concept of mutual destruction is, a, is, is, is mutually destructive. So these guys get, around, get along out there. And a lot of what we're told uh, about the alien population around us is simply not true. Hmm. Why, why do you think we're told these stories? What, what stories? Just the, the fear <laughs> of, of like aliens and the, you know. Well, like, the fear is natural. Okay. Uh, people, they fear things they don't understand. Uh, for instance, when I saw the, a real alien, he st it was a reptilian and it stood about seven foot tall. But, I mean, I was in the middle of all this stuff at the time and I, I simply didn't fear it. But if an average person would have seen something like that, they would have had a heart attack. I mean, in my, in my Spirit Speak of the Universe book, I talk of over 250 different alien types. Oh my goodness. And I, I, I have a drawing of one type, which is really bizarre, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so, I mean, there's a, to see them, to see many of the types would be terrifying for humans. Now, there are types that, look, that walk among us that we can't tell. Uh, Palladians, for instance, they've been with us for generations. And uh, they're human, <laughs> a, mm -hmm. but they have the Palladian blood. Um, many of us have alien blood. You hear about people, um, they talk about RH negative, and it, now it's like making, you know, making me think of that when you said um, alien blood. Oh, wow. Okay, let's get back on track. Okay, so I, <laughs> circle. <laughs> so I want to circle back to, um, like, the lost gospels and that female disciples. Like, we mm -hmm. were, you know... <clears throat> the Bible and so on and so forth that we have seen in our time um, doesn't really mention at all any female disciples. Or fe women being, um, it ha you know, having, having a, a place. Well, in the beginning it did. Uh, Mary Magdalene was worshipped for 1,200 years. In the 13th century, the Catholic Church decides that women are getting too strong in the church. Uh, prior to the 13th century, priests were allowed to marry. And their wives were gaining power in the church. So the church decides that they've got to stop this. So all of a sudden, Mary Magdalene becomes a prostitute, and priests no longer can marry. Uh, mm, wow. So, yes, in the beginning, there were five female disciples of Jesus. Mary Magdalene was a trusted, trusted disciple. Wow. And there were, there were four other strong female followers of his. There were like 50 of people and their families that followed him. It wasn't just 12 following along after Jesus. You, you had basically 50 of them. Uh, my wife was, is a, was a follower of Jesus. And she, in that lifetime, she was a male named Nathaniel. And Nathaniel is never mentioned in any of the Gospels, but she was there in that lifetime. I had always thought 
there had to have been women disciples. Um, of course, women. Yeah. You know, the, the people didn't. Women had a had a, a strong role in those days. They had yeah. to. Things were so difficult in the way of life. The women had to. Had, they had to be strong women. Mary Magdalene was the first of the female followers. She actually has epilepsy, and Jesus heals her. It's one of the first healings that he does. Now, Mary Magdalene came from a very wealthy family, and Mary Magdalene actually provides financing for much of the travels of Jesus and his followers. Now, Mary Magdalene plays an incredibly important role. It's crazy how history, you know, how it can be changed the way it has been and well, it's adapted for someone's um like gain like yeah for someone's gain or to control well that's what we're seeing now they're tearing down monuments and they're destroying the history i mean you have good things and bad things you need to study the bad things you can't if you eliminate all the bad things that happened in history you'll make the same mistakes mm -hmm. yeah. so, i mean that's what's happening now down i mean here in the united states they're tearing monuments down now, I'm located eight miles from Gettysburg, where the big battle was fought. So when you come here, the Confederates and the Union soldiers, in our minds here, I mean, they're both, so, they're both soldiers of our country. Uh, they fought for different things, but they still fought and died here on this, on this land. And people need to understand how they, why they were here, what they did. Uh, hiding what took place will help nobody. I mean, slavery was absolutely terrible. But if you don't understand it, it could pop its ugly head up again. I mean, people have got to take note of what it was, hate it, and continue to hate it. But if that memory goes away, how do you hate something when the memory's gone? It's, they don't even teach history in the schools down here anymore. No. Wow. Um, okay. You want to touch on the Lost Gospels? Yes, I did want to touch on the Lost Gospels. Okay. Uh, there had well, to have been many. Yeah. Well, I see at 325 AD, there were actually 300 Gospels presented. Now, of those 300, they select 27. Uh, Revelations was not selected originally. It doesn't come into play until about 100 years afterwards. Because Revelations, by the time you were into the 5th century, the church is trying to teach fear. And Revelations obviously talks about the end of the world and second coming and all that stuff. So it's starting to play into the format that the churches are adopting. But there, there were many, many Gospels. Many weren't complete. Now, what you have to bear in mind, when Jesus walks the earth, nobody has taken notes, okay? Mm -hmm. The earliest writings date to about 70 A.D. Now, he is crucified in 30 A.D. So the earliest writings are taking place from stories that have been around for two generations. Now, there are different facets of the Christian church. By 325, there's no unity in Christianity. They're fighting among themselves. There's actually riots on whether God, on whether Jesus was a, was a deity, whether he was a prophet. So Constantine is the first Christian emperor of the Roman Empire. So the, believe it or not, the first thing he does is settle the date that Easter is to be celebrated. So they couldn't even decide on that. Mm. Now, what we're seeing... The Gospels are selected 300 years after the death of Christ. That is longer than the United States has been in existence. And they're selecting Gospels from a time where everything was handwritten, notes were easily lost, 
Uh, stories change from generation to generation. So, I mean, in 300 years, what do you play? How many generations are you playing with? Like 30? Jeez. So that's how the stories come about. So many, many different Gospels are written. Uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls were probably written around the time that Jerusalem was destroyed. Uh, I think that was around 50 to 60 A.D. So the, the Dead Sea Scrolls were hidden to protect them from the Romans, and then, and then they're found. So those, were, those are probably pretty accurate in originality as what you see in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Okay, that's what our brother um, was saying. We actually had our brothers on, and they are comparing Dead Sea Scrolls with uh, the King James mm-hmm. version. Um, and there's just like little things, like uh, the word charity is used instead of love, and they were saying that it changes like the message of what love is. Really, really interesting. You brought that up. Well, that's based on earlier writings from the, you know, from the the Old Testament. Earliest writings, I think the earliest writings is about 600 B.C. for the Gospels. Okay. So the, much of what's in the Old Testament is just strictly stories. Mm-hmm. That's how it gets all. It's like, well, yeah. yeah. But think, think about this. You, you, I mean, you've got people telling stories. The, the stories are told from generation to generation. Uh, and they're being, I mean, make a phone call to a friend, tell him a story and have him pass it on to five other friends and see what story winds up at the end. I mean, think exactly. about it. Yeah. And that is why he wanted me to write this book to tell the true story of what he spoke and what took place. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and like, why wouldn't, I've always thought too, like, why wouldn't, um, like Jesus come to people and, even after like the Bible, like coming, you know, how he's come to you and like, why wouldn't there be more of that? Like, I think it's still out there. It's just, we don't. He does talk to others. It's not just me. Uh, There are a lot of people that fake it. Uh, The reason I put every session that we do up on my YouTube channel so people can actually watch us receive the messages and make up your own mind. So, I mean, if you think we're full of crap, so be it. But you can go in and see it and make up your make your own decision. But yeah. listen to the words, listen to the messages. They are incredibly wonderful messages that we bring. Oh man, <laughs> that's <laughs> like amazing. Oh wow. Um, okay, you wanted to ask about the Roman Catholic Church. I did. So why? Why know why? Because Constantine, you know, did the massive edits of the original text, but it's very fear-driven a lot of the messages yeah um why do you think so why do you think that is why well it's very simple first of all the roman catholic church does all of their teachings in latin the common person had absolutely no way to understand what they were speaking so what they had to do is they established the concept that the average person could only find god through the church they had to come through the priest. Uh, they come up with purgatory. They come up with ideas to raise money. But they, first of all, they have to develop fear in the people. People have to fear that if they don't go to the church, they're going to burn forever in hell. And they have to build a relationship where the people have to rely 100% upon the Catholic Church in order for their souls to be saved. And the last thing the church is ever going to talk about is, a, is the concept of reincarnation because they don't want the people 
to believe that get a, your soul gets a second chance. Wow. For it to be effective, the people have got to believe that they have one lifetime to live, that their soul, whether they go to heaven or to burn in hell, depends on whether they give their money and their time and belief to the Catholic Church. And that exists until 1500 when Martin Luther breaks away and does the Protestant Reformation. But there's 1,200 years where the Roman Catholic Church totally controls and dominates the religious thinkings of the Christians in the world. Well, fear controls people. That's why. And that's why Jesus never talked, never, he never talked of fear. He said, if you live a good life, love others, you will join me in heaven. That's mm. what he taught. He didn't say, if you're bad, you're going to go to hell. We, we put that in there, huh? <laughs> you got it. Had to add that little tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. See, I, I always feel, too, like, if you're fearful, wouldn't that affect your own connection spiritually to God and, you know, Jesus and the angels? Um, I mean, our brother had said, like, let's say you have a stepfather that you're afraid of. You wouldn't really be that close to him, would you? So I always felt that way, like, I don't want to fear god <laughs> like no you want to love god yes yes yeah it's a love of god in your heart that brings you the spirituality and and the, the once once you have the true love of god in your heart then channels of communication open up you start you i mean you you start to feel good uh hatred is the worst thing that anybody can have because hatred just eats your soul mm. it destroys your life path it destroys everything around you. If you hate a person, that person will hate back. So it's, uh, I mean, poison. Hate, yes, hatred is pure poison. But you will be absolutely amazed once you come around and show this love and, have, and, and your doubts are gone. You'll receive messages in your mind. They, they come to you in your dreams. You get messages. And it's just... Uh, I, I mean, some people refer to it as raising your vibration. I never truly understand this vibration stuff, but I can I can assure you that the most comforting thing you can do is to drive is to get rid of the hatred. That's so true. Mm-hmm. It is. I don't know. I, that's a great message, especially. Um, I feel like I mean, I guess in America, anyways, the way our society is structured, it's a lot of like that energy of I got to get mine. Like it's like a competition and, you know, you end up not liking people and things and finding reasons not to. Yeah. um, And always wanting to get ahead of the next man instead of holding their hand and taking him with you. It's it's okay to dislike. There's a big difference between disliking and hating. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're seeing hatred. In our government today, it's destroying our government. Yeah. I mean, the hatred that we have in Washington is just unbelievable. Wow. Mm. Man. <laughs> mm. I'm glad you have your book. I mean, that... Well, all the books. Yeah. The, uh, we definitely have to pick up the um, alien ones as well. I didn't even... Just read all of them. Yeah, I was going to read them all. Um, Why wouldn't God be present galactically, you know? Yeah, well, it's no matter how you refer to him. Now... I'm coming at this from the Christian side of it, okay? Keep in mind that his message is one of many paths. Mm. Christianity represents 25% of the world population. Do not think for one minute that Christians are the only ones that go to heaven. I mean, think, there are, think about the people out there that never even heard of Jesus. Or 
Think about all of the people that lived before Jesus walked the earth. You think they went to hell because they didn't know Jesus? No. They, if they lived good lives, they advanced. If they lived bad lives, they did not advance. They, could be, they can actually go into the next, they can be demoted in realms. They're judged by how they live their lives. Uh, Hindus, they go to heaven. It's how they live their lives. Buddhists, I mean, all the different world religions. Uh, Islam, the good Islam people go to heaven. It's how they live their lives. There are many, many paths to heaven. I mean, while I, when I say that I, I channel with Jesus, Jesus is the personification of the universal energy of a God, how you want to refer to it. You refer to him as spirit, God, uh, however. Mm-hmm. But it's that universal energy that focuses on how people live their lives and how they live their lives determine what will happen when they pass over into the, in, into the next dimension. And keep in mind this, in the spirit world, spirits speak of death as the beginning of the cycle. Humans think of it as the end. It is only death that frees you to begin another cycle of reincarnation. So you had mentioned the, uh, that it's like this universal energy of like good. Is there a flip to that? Like um, in regard, you know, when you think of like Satan and the light. Well, there is, well Satan is a personification of negative energy. Okay. Uh, all evil is created on this side. There is no evil in heaven. It is never created in heaven. When you enter with your life plan, evil is never a part of it. Mm. But God gave you free will and egos, and that he gave you that so that you are tested. It is how you respond to your free will and ego while you're on earth that will determine what will happen when you return. And they always talk about returning home. This is not your home. This is very temporary. A human life is the blink of the eye and the life of the soul. That's funny. Our, see, our father had an um, out-of-body experience um, years ago, and he had said something along those lines, that this was just a blink. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, that's so powerful. Before we recorded, you mentioned that Jesus gave you certain abilities to be able to prove that it's actually Jesus coming through. Can you mention that briefly? Well, the first thing he did is he gave me the ability to heal others. And I... I'm thinking, yeah, right. I'm going to just jump out there and heal others. So he actually gives me the names of people that I'm supposed to go heal. I go over, I say that special prayer, and they're healed. I mean, the one woman had massive migraines, and she hasn't had one now for four years. And, I mean, it's uh, one woman had a bad heart condition. She's still kicking around. I mean, I've, I've, I've said this prayer for people with stage four cancers, uh, and they're here four years now. And it's just the one thing that I understand totally is that it is not me personally that does the healing. I am a vessel that God goes through to heal others. But that he had to convince me like that. And then he even takes it a step further. Uh, two years ago, I had a heart attack. And I go into the hospital and they're getting ready to take me into surgery. And they come in and they show me all this the video of the heart damage and all the stuff going on. They got to put stents in. There's no blood getting and all that crap. So I'm laying there waiting to go into the, into the surgery. And in my mind's eye, I see this, this angel coming flying. I can see the wings flopping. It comes up 
looks at me and flies off. And I told Connie, I said, there's nothing to worry about. Just relax. This is going to be fine. So we go into surgery. And when I wake up, I said, okay, how many stents did we have? And he said, none. We couldn't find any heart damage. I said, what do you mean you couldn't find any heart damage? I've just gone through all this crap and there's no heart damage. I feel like I got, got a short end of the stick here. He said, no. <laughs> he said, no, we went through. He said, your bypass is perfect. Everything's working. You have no heart damage. We can't understand what happened. We said, oh, okay. So they wheel me back, and I'm laying in there, and in my head I hear just as clear as can be the words, if I can have you heal others, I can heal you as well. He had performed a full medical miracle on me, and he had healed my heart. And when that angel flew up and looked at me, that was when I was healed. And I found out the other night when I was with Raphael, I asked him, I said, was that you? And he said, yes. Wow. Because you are also able to channel the archangels as well. Correct. Mm. And, oh, wow. Mm. And that's on your YouTube channel if anybody's interested. Yeah, all this is on his YouTube channel. Um, it's in my name, Barry Strom. It's all free. You can go in and look at it. I have 90 videos up. Go in and judge for yourself. That's what I tell everybody. You don't have to believe a word that I'm saying. Just go in and make your own judgment. Do you get a lot of backlash? Oh, yeah, sure. Especially yeah. from evangelicals. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, sometimes I think demonic's a good word. I hear it so much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, my God. They can't handle your, your energy, I guess. No, I'm, bringing, I'm bringing them the most wonderful messages of love and faith. And they can't open their minds enough to listen to what I have to say. No, it's, yeah. I mean, there, there are certain religions out there that feel that only their members go to heaven. Mm. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, they're in for a shock. It's <laughs> 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 oh, gracious. Oh, man. Just be a good person and love. follow the path of love. And live, a, live a life of love. Be good life. to others. Let them be good to you. Do help others. Like, we don't charge for anything that we do. We, this, is, this is my mission. This is what I've been sent back to do. This is my life plan, and I am following it, and we just try to help others. Our previous guest, we were, had a conversation um, about helping. Like, her big message was helping people more. And it was very similar to what you were saying. She was um, talking about how, like, when you have this, like, love, you, you look at others with love. You don't want to see anything bad happen to them you don't want to see it you know like you you want to help them it's like how you look like your family members or like your close friends if you look at the world that way we'd live in a much better place your reward is when you get that email that that your words have brought somebody to love god that's your reward there's a high involved in that when you read that email or hear those words that you can't compare to anything else i mean you can chase money if you want but mm -hmm. i that that high is one that you cannot replace. Mm, wow. Uh, <laughs> that's just been a great conversation. You've definitely taken us aback quite a few times. Yeah. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you would like to add for our listeners? Any, anything else you would like to say? Well, you know, I think they would enjoy my book. All my books are on Amazon. Uh, they even have the Jesus book on sale right now. So it's, uh, pretty good deal. 
uh, love to have them buy the book. Please leave, uh, please leave reviews because they're very helpful. I have got multiple websites. I have one called spiritspredict.com. I have another one called wordsofgodthenandnow.com. Uh, we have a Facebook group called Words of Now, that, uh, Words of God Then and Now. And I've got like five or six, seven different pages on Facebook. And it's all free. You can come in, join the group. So we have a wonderful group of people in it. And there are actually some people in there that are, that are their souls have walked with Jesus. Mm. So wow. we, have, we have some people that have returned to uh, try to help others. And it's a great group. Wow. Now, on the YouTube channel, I also have what we refer to as a Speaking to Spirit series, okay. where, we, where we interview historic people. Uh, we've interviewed Constantine, Jack Kennedy, uh, uh, Houdini, Tesla, just all kinds of people, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, and we just did Martin Luther last week. Oh. Mm. And you can go in and listen to these interviews. And we ask them, we generally ask them about 35 to 40 questions in an interview. And I channel their answers. So there's a lot to, uh, my YouTube channel offers a lot. If you would please subscribe while you're there, it would be quite helpful. But if not, just enjoy the the, the uh, videos. Well, we're subscribing. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I, think I, I think I already described. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on here, sharing yep. the message you've shared. Sorry, I messed um, up your questions. No, don't <laughs> apologize. Um, I was just just before we start recording, that really took me uh, back. You made her cry. And, yeah, you made me cry. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, Archangel Raphael made me cry. You really felt yeah. it. Gosh, did you, did you feel his energy while I was doing it? I did. It hit me like a, a wave yeah. of. Um, that's what it's like. That's how you know it's real. It's just everything is amazing. All of it, <laughs> like yeah. everything about it's amazing. Okay, so now it's time for Reiki. As usual, at the end of every podcast, we like to send our listeners some distant Reiki. Uh, We advise that you do not drive or operate any vehicles during this mini Reiki session because Reiki sometimes can make you sleepy. So for this session, all you have to do is sit back, relax, and be open to receiving the energies. We like our clients to meditate, but you don't have to. You'll still get the Reiki energy. Um, The music will change, and when the music stops, the Reiki session has ended. Thanks for listening. Bye.